Hello and welcome to BL Portfolio podcast coming from Business Lines in-house research team. At BL Portfolio, we slice and dice stocks, mutual funds, insurance and other financial products as well as give you sound ideas to manage your money. I am Kumar Shankar Roy, personal finance lead. With me in this podcast is Hari Vishwanath, deputy editor BL Portfolio. Hi Hari. Hi Kumar. Hari, you've recently written about a very interesting term. Term that you used is catch-up economists. Yeah. And uh, we are curious uh, what does it really take to be a catch-up economist in today's world? Yes, yes. So, uh, see, the, I wanted to write on this because uh, the way the new age companies in India hmm. have been tanking hmm. from their all-time highs reminds me of catch-up economists. Because if you remember, uh, when most of these companies came out with their public issue last year, hmm. starting with Zomato, hmm. there was a lot of hype around this. Fundamentally, uh, if someone was to do hardcore fundamental analysis, mm. it was hard to justify, forget their listing price, but their IPO price itself. Mm. Their IPO price itself was expensive across the board. Okay. In fact, at BL Portfolio, we've been, been cautious. Yeah, we've not given a buy recommendation for any of the new age companies. Yes. We've been very cautious. We, we gave an yeah, avoid rating. We've been calling them the froth. Yes, we said uh, uh-huh. there is a lot of froth in their valuation. Yes. Uh, we gave an avoid on Zomato. Mm. Uh, we either, so we've been very uh, careful and cautious in approaching these excessively valued companies. Okay. Where it was hard to justify. See, there are times when even 20, 30, 40 P will be considered expensive. Hmm. But here were companies come getting listed at 20, 30, 40 times revenue. Hmm. I mean, it's hard to justify these valuations unless the growth is going to be mind-boggling growth. Okay. But in an economic system where there is a lot of competition, hmm. the kind of growth required to justify these valuations are hard to come by. Because there is competition. Uh, where there is a lot of growth, competitors will come in hmm. and they will also try to get their Pick share. Pick the pie. pie yes. yes. They, they will want their share in the pie. So there was a lot of froth in these uh, But a lot of people yeah. experts have been saying that these companies there is a great opportunity to yes. buy and all. So yes. is, are they the... Yes, they may come under the category of catch-up economists. Okay. Because some of the justification for all these uh, high-valued IPOs was this company in US is trading at so many times. Huh. Uh, in the So this company is like, for example, after Zomato, whenever there was an IPO, hmm. you could say Zomato is trading at so many times, so this company can trade at... As uh, if it's like a linear relationship yes. that both of them will trade at. Exactly. The so the concept of catch-up economists applies to those people hmm. who refer to another uh, available uh, valuation of another company or asset class hmm. uh, in the market hmm. and then use that to justify another uh, 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 I mean another asset class okay. basically you use Zomato's valuation to justify say Nika's valuation okay but, so but so the sketchup economists focus on interrelationship in valuation between different asset classes okay but what they fail to see is whether the underlying value of the base asset is justified. Okay. So Larry Summers, who is a former U.S. Treasury Secretary mm. and uh, who is also one of one of the world's uh, very famous economists, mm. uh, he coined the term catch-up economists in 1984. Okay. In a talk he gave to the uh, annual meeting uh, of American Finance Association, he gave a very nice talk and he referred the group of economists studying asset valuations mm. into two categories. Okay. The first category refers to them as general economists and the second category he refers to them as catch-up economists okay and he said the general economists are those who are worried for to explain this hmm. he took up the concept of a catch-up bottle okay uh, what oh, is that the, is the yeah genesis of the that term. is the gen- yes that is the origin of this term he says uh, basically uh, uh, the general economists in arriving at the value of a catch-up bottle uh. would be concerned with 
what is the cost of making the kitchen correct what is the cost of ingredients that go i mean ingre- ingredients what is the demand and supply yes what are the wage levels in the economy yeah. because demand and supply is also dependent on how much of money people are getting as wages correct correct when you make more money i can price a, uh, for yeah. example a ketchup bottle at thousand dollars yes be- just because it costs thousand dollars to make right so the absolute value of a ketchup bottle is determined on multiple factors yes he said the general economists focus on this yes all right they also look at what is the price of a tomato mm. what is the uh, cost involved in processing it into a ketchup correct etc the, then he moves on to ketchup economist mm. to the ketchup economists most of them who believe in market efficiency mm. he does he says that if one bottle of ketchup costs rupees 50 yeah and uh, then if two bottles are costing 100 hmm. then it means there is perfect rational pricing in the market oh so these ketchup economists believe in market efficiency hmm. they believe market pricing is rational hmm. and so if one bottle is 50 two bottles are 100 hmm. and uh, four bottles are 200 okay, according like to them linear yeah according to the market is functioning well hmm. except for small uh, differences in pricing due to transaction related hmm. etc all right so there is a, actually quite a white group that believes in market efficiency hmm. so this was larry summers uh, sarcastic take hmm. on those who believe in market efficiency so coming from the market efficiency and the ketchup economist point of view hmm. if we come to the stock market relative valuation we yes. have seen as you said yeah. people kind of using that argument to uh, justify certain prices of stock prices right yes. new age companies yeah now one year ago what was the relative valuation and one year later mm. what is the relative valuation has it changed as it thing have things yes see everything has declined mm. see because relative valuation is not just between stocks mm. relative valuation is also in relation to interest rate okay all right see last year the mantra for equities was tina there is no other alternative, alternative correct because us government bonds were 10 year bonds were yielding 1.5% mm. all right mm. so when you just get 1.5% for every 100 you invest in a bond correct you get 1.5 rupees back i mean if or 1.5 dollars back yes. for every 100 dollars invested you are hungry for yields correct you don't mind buying uh, higher valued stocks actually yes. which is why early part of last year fpi money was flowing in mm. all right but let's say you were a long term investor last year mm. and uh, so you like let's say you were a foreign portfolio investor and you saw that US bonds were yielding 1.5%, mm. German bonds were yielding close to 0. Then any equity asset class even if if it, if the PE was like 30, 40, 50, yes. it's still better because the right. 50 PE means 2% earnings yield, mm. which is still better than 0% German bonds and all that. All right. But if you are a long-term investor to have made the decision would have been incorrect because first you need to assess whether the bonds were priced properly. Okay. See given the expected the first price was yes. it correct on that Yeah. So last year the bonds were overvalued, which is why the bonds globally bond markets have got routed. Yes. Because central bank interest rates are shorter. See, when central banks increase their interest rates, treasury bond yields also increase. When bond yields increase, bond prices come down. All right. So the US, for example, the US ten-year bond has moved up from around one and a half percent. Okay. To between three point five to four percent now. Mm-hmm. So to a great extent, the bond prices have got crushed this mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. So which means bonds were overvalued last year. So anything where the original value is not questioned. Yes. And you accept it on face value. Yeah. That is where I am setting myself to be a ketchup ketchup kind economy. of thing, right? Yes. Yes. Because I should question. People should question the. first value of it and yes. not accept it as something that is being written on stone yes so just to clarify this is not a take against relative valuation hmm. it's relative valuation is a part and parcel of valuing stocks okay but while doing relative valuation let us say you say a is trading at so and so hmm. so the value of b is justified that is not entirely wrong 
provided you have done some analysis on testing whether is yes valuation at an absolute level is reasonable or not okay then you go to relative valuation hmm. so relative valuation has to be seen in an ambit of absolute valuation also why uh, relative valuation has gained prominence is hmm. absolute valuation is very difficult absolute valuation in a way you could say is what warren buffett uh, refers to as intrinsic value okay. which is based on when you invest in an asset what is the cash flow you can get out of it over the long term and warren buffett calls this the most important metric okay but also the most difficult to estimate yeah how do you kind of um, think uh, yes uh, 30 40 years ahead. 10 years whatever is the time period whether it is 10 years 20 years 30 yeah. years whatever time frame so it's difficult to estimate because there is a lot of uncertainty you don't know what is going to be the long term interest rates you don't know you, there are so many factors based on which you have to arrive at the intrinsic value so you can never have a perfect intrinsic value hmm. but you need to have some reasonable way to approach intrinsic value okay so when you are looking at uh, relative valuation do some sanity checks on what you are comparing it with and whether what you are comparing it with is within the ambit of reasonable value. Hey, reminds me of my uh, grandfather yeah, it's a very interesting thing he oh. said about uh, this uh, relative valuation said he was very good at maths mm. and his father once asked him how much have you scored in a particular exam oh. and he said i have uh, done well oh. uh, actually he didn't do well okay and he had scored zero wow and the guy who used to score very good oh. in that exam out of 10 he had scored one one okay. so using relative valuation my <laughs> grandfather told his father that I ha- you know him how good he is in maths so yeah he is good uh-huh. i have got one less than him so the gap has reduced gap uh-huh. has reduced uh-huh. and in that way he kind of so the absolute performance is bad yeah but you're looking but by using the... relative valuation he kind of till my uh, great great grandfather actually asked him what is your marks uh-huh. then he was exposed then he had to say that he had scored zero yeah. but before that it was one less than him so uh, earlier like, it was 10 less than the difference was 10 now it's one yeah kind of yes yes so that's the thing exactly so if you see so in fact the nobel laureate paul krugman hmm. he says that uh, how he, he was reminded of this ketchup economist this term coined by larry summers hmm. uh, in 1984 okay uh, so in 2009 10 krugman during said, that uh, global financial uh, after the global uh, financial crisis krugman said this was the mistake in uh, which had caused the housing uh, one of the mistakes among yes. many that caused the housing crisis because he when there was a housing boom huh. uh, many economists thought everything was fine including yes. fed chairman ben bernanke yes the fed chairman at that time Correct. the former president i mean the former chairman alan greenspan hmm. he also believed in market uh, uh, market forces functioning allowing them to function hmm. and he also didn't identify the housing bubble so the best of economists except a few missed the housing bubble hmm. which caused colossal uh, crisis in 2008 yeah. and 9 So uh group uh, I think no, nobody kind of doubted the fact that a uh, price of an asset was what um, and why is it why should people pay it in the first price yes. right so because uh, uh, economists who believed in market efficiency hmm. they were making the argument that uh, when people buy houses which is a very important purchasing decision hmm. they do a lot of analysis they do comparisons with recent housing prices yes. what have been the sale what have been the rates at which homes in the neighborhood have got sold at correct uh, i think everybody does that everybody everywhere, everywhere that. in the world yeah so economists who believed in market efficiency were of the strong view that everything was performing well yeah all right uh, but then then it collapsed yes true. there was a massive uh, correction in the housing prices in 2008 9 hmm. it went on for years hmm. the correction didn't end in just 
few months or one year. Yeah, not like a stock market's correcting. Yeah, it, was a, it wasn't like explosive a, calm it was for a many years. housing yeah. downturn in the US hmm. took years to unwind. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so, so Paul Krugman said that uh, before purchasing a home during the bubble, buyers carefully compared with prices of other houses okay but ignored whether the overall level of the home price made sense at all oh like that at an absolute level was the housing price reasonable based mm. on rental yields and that is that is something that can be applicable to any asset any asset class yes so as as uh, listeners would have realized so if you follow the catch up economics kind of thing there is a high kind of chance that the sauce could be on your face itself <laughs> right instead of having it pouring it on a snack that could be it thanks sir thank you for these insights uh, lovely uh, understanding this concept from you that's it from us this week if you really like our podcast do share it amongst your friends and family stay tuned for further podcasts and actionable advice from us at bl portfolio read us in print on sundays and online at the hindubusinessline.com/portfolio you can catch hari's article on catch up economics this edition thank you Thank you.